Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who are on a spiritual journey and want to reclaim a vibrant and authentic faith. I'm your host and fellow traveler, Sandy Reynolds. Welcome to episode 95. I can't believe we're on Advent week two already. It's 15 degrees and sunny. It's a beautiful afternoon while I'm recording this. And you know what I just did? I lit a candle. So last week, we started the first of Reclaiming Advent with a exploration of the topic hope. And thank you to those of you who reached out to tell me how helpful that was for you. It was very encouraging for me. I don't actually hear a lot from you. So when I do, I really appreciate it. And when I get several people in one week who send me an email or a text or a message on Instagram, it really means the world to me. So thank you so much. So I just lit a candle and the candle represents love. And this week we are going to be talking about the virtue or quality of love. And traditionally, that is the second candle in the Advent wreath. And I think it's really important for us to take some time and think about that and to think about our lives and our response to this invitation of love during Advent. So when I think about love, and I spent some time today reflecting on love and what it means and trying to understand it and write some notes for this podcast. And I had this memory and it has to do with love or maybe it's more the lack of love or the misuse of love, the word love. I started to think of a meeting my husband and I had with the church board that fired him. And it was supposed to be an arbitration or reconciliation meeting or something like that with the goal of bringing the two polarized sides in the um, discussion, so my husband and I and the board together. It was a disaster. It actually ended up alienating us more than anything prior to that had hurt or alienated us. And I want to just interject here because we are going to be talking about love and I'm starting with this kind of downer story, but I just want to say, if you're ever in a position like that, please hire a professional mediator or someone who understands reconciliation. So we didn't do that. We had what we thought was an objective third party, but clearly wasn't. And we felt very misrepresented. And it was clear that reconciliation wasn't going to be possible It was a painful meeting. It was ugly. It was messy. It was hurtful for both sides, for us and for the other people that were present at the meeting. And it was a night that led me or pushed me into a spiritual journey that eventually led to something that feels far more healthy than what I invested 25 years of my life in. So why would I think of love at that time? Well, the very last thing that happened that evening when I was leaving, the board chair and the person who I felt had betrayed me the most walked over and gave me a hug. It was really awkward. And then while hugging me, he leaned into my ear and said, I love you. I just don't get you. And it was a moment when everything seemed to fall into place for me. 
I realized that I had spent 15 years in a community that was so focused on having the right beliefs, saying the right things, and to be fair, sometimes they got it right, but they didn't really understand me or what I needed, and they never thought that was important. As long as they could say what they believed and had the right words, how they acted and how they treated other people didn't really matter. He never tried to understand me, and he held me, ultimately, he held me responsible for his lack of understanding, and yet he still could say, at least to himself, that he loved me. I've come a long way since that meeting, and as painful as it was, that man's final comment, and we never talked again, I saw him once after that, and he never spoke to me, but that comment really gave me the clarity that I needed to go on the journey that's led me to where I am. Krista Tippett says, love is the superstar virtue of virtues and the most watered down word in the English language. Think about how often you use the word love in a day. Oh, I love the weather we're having today. I love your hair. I love golden lattes. They're my current obsession. I love inkgel pens. We use the word love constantly, and it is so watered down, and we have no idea what it means. And don't feel bad about that, because as I've been thinking about this episode and holding space for love this week, I've realized I have a lot of learning to do. So what is love? I really don't know what to say. I don't know how to answer that. For many of us, we experience love as conditional. And I've raised two kids, so I know that love as a feeling is very conditional. You don't always feel love, even for the people you do love. And there are days when love is very difficult. I have a guilty pleasure of watching cheesy Christmas movies. Like, I mean, I watch a lot of them. I pretty well watch the W Network here nonstop in the month of December. And I was watching one last night. It's called The Holiday. You might have seen it. It's been around for a while. It's been around for many years because the character played by Cameron Diaz uses a Blackberry. So that's how old it is. Anyway, in the movie, if you haven't seen it, she goes on a two-week vacation to England And it's a house swap with another woman there, and she takes over her house in L.A. Now, because it's a Christmas movie, she meets the perfect guy, and they fall in love. Now, in the movie, they probably slept together about four times. They've gone out several times. They've had a lot of fun. I'm sure they've had a real connection. But when Jude Law's character tells her that he's in love with her, it just feels a little shallow to me. It feels easy. It feels more passionate than love. And I don't really get it. I I feel like it's rushed and it's not real love. Krista Tippett also says, and I'm quoting from her book, Becoming Wise, we've lived love as a feeling when it's a way of being. It's the elemental experience we all desire and seek most of our days to give and receive. 
I also found some insight into love from Richard Rohr, and in his book, The Naked Now, he says, how you love anything is how you love everything. I want you to think about that. How you love anything is how you love everything. I don't know how you feel about that. I have a neighbor, and I have a very difficult time loving my neighbor. He's a chauvinist, he's an alcoholic, he a drunk, not a dry alcoholic, he's a drunk. He freely offers his opinion on things he knows little about, and I could go on with my list of the traits or his traits that make him difficult to love. And so I was thinking, is it true that how I love him is how I love everything? Because frankly, if that's true, I'm up the creek without a paddle when it comes to love. I think it's a sobering thought. In the Christian tradition, and I believe in many other traditions, there's a directive to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's basically the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Basically, treat the people, treat people the way you want to be treated. It's implied that there is doing in the loving. It's not a whisper in your ear. I love you. I just don't get you. It's a very concrete way of behaving. Richard Rohr also talks about suffering that comes from love. And I can remember when I first heard the idea of suffering and love being intertwined. Rohr says, if you love, you will suffer because you've given control to someone else, to another. And that makes sense. Our greatest pain can come from disillusionment, hurt, anger, and betrayal. We're suffering because of our love. I like what Carl Jung said about love in his later years. This is what he said. He said, I've never been able to explain what it is. <laughs> if that is where Carl Jung ended up, I'm not sure why I'm trying to talk about love. Seriously. In my background and in the faith tradition that I came out of, there's a passage in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, that it's often said at weddings and it's called the love chapter. And part of it goes, love bears all things. Love endures all things. And it's true. I know that more now after 35 years of marriage than I did on my wedding day. It's really not until you are put in that position of having to bear things and having to endure things that you really know the depth or non-depth of your love. What I do believe about love is that God is love. The intelligence behind everything, the source of everything is love. And I believe that the only power that can save us in our world is love. This past year, I've been reclaiming faith. After years of deconstructing what I believe to the place where I was not sure what I believed, I found myself drawing close to Celtic spirituality. I've been reading books by John Philip Newell. I first heard about him on Rob Bell's podcast, and I realized I knew who he was, and I reached out to him. And I discovered, just kind of, it was a weird thing, but when I emailed him and introduced myself and found out that he was who I thought he was and that we did have a connection. He emailed me back and told me that he runs something called the School of Celtic Consciousness and that they were running 
the first year, they run it all over the world, but they were actually running year one at a site near my home. So I signed up and I started exploring his books and really trying to dig deep into this idea of Celtic spirituality. And in his book, Christ of the Celts, he wrote about a theological perspective that I knew well. And if you have any church background, you probably know it as well. And if you don't have any church background, hang in there with me because I believe that this is actually something that is so infiltrated the way a lot of us think with or without a church experience that it's important for you to understand. It's the doctrine of original sin. And what it means is that people in their heart are evil. It teaches that what is deepest in us is opposed to God rather than of God. And it means that we are essentially ignorant and sinful rather than bearers of light. That we're ugly, that we're, that we're, we need to be redeemed, we need help rather than we've been made in the image of love. It's a doctrine that I've come to believe disempowers us, and the consequences, both individually and collectively, have been disastrous. And a lot of this thinking comes from John Phillips' book. One blogger I read wrote about this doctrine. He said, It made me feel like a worm, like a worthless creature incapable of ever measuring up to the standards of either my earthly or heavenly father. It has made me nearly incapable of receiving or giving love. If I wasn't worthy of love, neither was anyone else. This blogger also writes, Newell shows how the doctrine of original sin was a convenient truth for the builders of empire. They could continue to conquer the world and subdue people. And now they could do it with the authority of a divine calling. In other words, the Roman Empire now had the church to help keep its conquered people in line. Augustine of Hippo, who developed the idea of original sin, lived during the time when, the, when Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. He was a highly influential theologian, and he became the leading apologist for the fusion of church and state. In contrast, Newell, citing many Celtic thinkers and writers, emphasizes that instead of being opposed to God, we are essentially of God because we were made in God's image and likeness. Furthermore, when God saw his creation, he pronounced it good six times, and after creating humankind, he pronounced them very good. And something about that clicks for me. It makes sense. It feels like it's freeing, it's healthy, it's, it just resonates with me on a deep level. And I know that isn't the barometer of truth and I know that we don't measure whether something is right or wrong by how it makes us feel but there's something in it the more that I've read and explored about this idea of original blessing that really has made sense to me. There's another writer I've been just recently in the last year discovering and her name is Simone Vea. And she was a French, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right, Simone Veil, was a French philosopher, mystic, and political activist. 
And after graduating from formal education, she took a path unusual among 20th century left-leaning intellectuals. She became religious and inclined towards mysticism as her life progressed. Albert Camus described her as the only great spirit of our times. And I'm thinking that she was a very wise woman with a lot to say to us today. And she said, in prayer, we remember we are made of God and thus made of love. So this week, I want you to remember that you are made of God and thus you are made of love. And think about the applications of that. The more you get in touch with what's really true in you, the more you get in touch with the divine and the sacred in your life. As Vea writes, love is a direction, not a state of soul. And we need to choose to love again and again. To truly love is to get the other. It takes time to understand other people. It means being with them, listening to them, identifying with them. To love is to say no to the abuse of power. It's to work for justice. It's to reach out to that unlovable neighbor and to pray to remember that we are made of love in those interactions. This week, light a candle of love with me, literally or metaphorically. Remember that you've been created in the image of love and healing in our world will come through love. I want to support you in this direction of your soul. Krista Tippett says love is something we master in the moments. And I work with women one-on-one as a spiritual guide. I've had many years of experience in being a catalyst for other people's learning and growth. And if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, visit my website, sandy at sandyreynolds.com. I'm also available to speak, to perform custom rituals to help you mark or honor a specific event in your life. And I have courses. There's a new one coming in January. And please share this with someone you love. Thank you.